Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Mean Old Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. January is just cruising on by. So, uh, yeah, I believe this is pretty much the last week of January. So how are you doing with your New Year's resolutions? Well, I must admit I'm not doing so well, but Monday is a brand new day and I'm going to start all the way over. I'm going to act like it's January 1st again. So my goal initially was to work out or do something physical five days a week. This is something I should have been doing a while ago. I know. Don't judge me. I know I'm going to get back on track. Well, today we're not going to talk about working out. We're going to talk about something completely different. And that's the third trimester. Yep, some of y'all have been getting really excited about approaching the end of the pregnancy and have tons of questions. So I figured we'd address them on the podcast today. For starters, the third trimester is a time period between 29 weeks and up. So 29 to 40 weeks is the third trimester. Yes, some people go to 41 weeks. No, no one goes over 42 weeks anymore. Like that's just unheard of to go even to 42 weeks. That's just unheard of. Back in the day, yeah. Now, no. So it's the period, the third trimester is, a rapid weight gain for your baby. Once you hit 32 weeks, your baby will gain about a half a pound a week. If you have a small baby, don't worry. and You should be followed closely. Your baby's rate of growth might be a little slower than this, which is expected. So don't don't say, oh my God, why is my baby not growing? Well, if you're, we know your baby's small, then that rate of growth is going to be a little different. Okay, so I have to do an episode on small babies. I, I just prepared for this. I realized I did not do an episode on small babies yet. So I'll have to do um, an episode on that soon. A baby with normal growth by the end of the third tri- trimester, right before delivery, should be anywhere from six to nine pounds. Ooh, prayers for the people that are carrying nine pound babies. <laughs> Harrison was six pounds, 2.2 ounces, and I delivered him at 37 weeks in one day. And remember, anything 37 weeks and zero days and up is considered full term, okay? So he was six pounds, two ounces, and that was not small. That was average size for a 37 weeker. And I felt like my vagina was gonna fall out. So I know that you guys uh, with these nine pound babies, Y'all are my personal heroes and people that are having twins. Oh, yeah, just yes, yes. I Blessings to you. OK, um, by the end of the third trimester, your baby should also be 19 to 21 inches in length. Now, during your prenatal ultrasound, the length won't be measured. We can't measure it. It's impossible to estimate this because your baby is usually very curled up. So we stop measuring the length after the first trimester. 
And during the first trimester, we measure what's called the crown rumpling. That's from the forehead of the baby, top of the tip, top of the baby's head, all the way to the butt. Okay, the rump. We don't measure the include the legs at that point either. Okay, after 13 weeks, this measurement is inaccurate for dating your pregnancy. So that's why we do estimations of fetal weight. Okay, your baby's lungs and kidneys are developing and maturing in the third trimester. Babies start to practice breathe and they can also get hiccups that you can feel in the wound. Okay, babies can open and close their eyes. They can hear. They uh, they can cry. They can smile all in the wound in the third trimester. If you're having a boy, the testes will descend into the scrotum in the third trimester as well. Around 34 weeks, you'll start to lose your mucus plug. So some people think that their water has broken. No, if it's thick and slimy or slimy with a blood tinge, then that's mucus. That's not amniotic fluid. Okay, your water has not broken. Um, now. If you need to check, if you're unsure, you should always go to the hospital to have them do a test to make sure you haven't broken your water. But nine times out of ten, if it's thick, slimy, or blood tinge, it's usually you're losing your cervical mucus, especially if you're around the 34, 35 week point. Vernix is a protective covering. It covers the baby's skin. Um, you have that, like it's like a white coating. And you notice that when the baby uh, comes out, there's like a white film over that's verdicts that helps regulate temperature of the baby. Okay. There's also these tiny little hair. So like peach fuzz all over the baby's body and that falls off in the inside of the wound. And that's called Lanugo. Okay. It falls off in the third trimester. And we can see this on ultrasound in the amniotic fluid with these little specks, white specks floating. We see that as the baby progresses through the pregnancy at 36 weeks, babies usually flip to head down. If they're going to be head down, if they're not going to be head down, this is usually when we talk about external cephalic version or flipping the baby. You can go back and listen to that episode on flipping the baby. The head is usually well engaged if the baby is going to be head down by 36 weeks, well engaged in the pelvis at that time. So all of these are the amazing changes that the baby goes through. But for us moms, you have... Back pain and sciatic nerve pain due to rapid growth and weight uh, of the uterus uh, because your baby is growing. You have pelvic pain because with head engagement, it's a great thing, but it's also, you know, spreading your pelvic bones, which can compress nerves um, on the backside of, of your pelvis called sciatic nerve. And it can also compress the obturator nerve, which is a nerve that goes through the pelvis. So people can have like sharp stabbing pains there. You can have heartburn. You can have constipation because the uterus is pressing on the rectum. In addition, progesterone, which is the pregnancy hormone, slows digestion and motility through the bowel down. Okay, so that's even more reason to have constipation. You can have irregular contractions. Why? Because your uterus is growing at a much more rapid pace after the 32nd week with the baby gaining half a pound a week. Then it's used to growing beforehand. So then you can your uterus gets very irritable and tries to contract back at, at the more rapid the, the growth, the more contractions you probably are going to feel. And those are called Braxton Hicks contractions because they're not necessarily causing cervical change. They're just annoying. Okay. Yep, your breasts will become enlarged. <laughs> Some of you may stop wearing bras altogether, okay? Because you're like, oh, my bras don't fit. 
So uh, make sure you're wearing a comfortable bra. You might have to go up in a bra size. This would be a good time to get fitted for those uh, lactation bras um, that you can get from a variety of places. Um, those are those bras that you can clip down um, the clip down the strap and expose the breasts to allow you to breastfeed without having to take your whole bra off. Okay, this would be a good time to get um, fitted for those. Hopefully, you didn't ask anybody to buy you those earlier. For your uh, baby shower because they probably won't fit now. Mm-mm, not in the third trimester. You got to wait till the end of the third trimester to get fitted for those. Okay. You could also have some leakage from your breast. People all the time come in 34 weeks. I already have breast milk. Although that's great if you already have milk production. You will have some leakage uh, as your breast tissue rapidly increases. Some people have vivid and wild dreams. And that's because... Those hormones, y'all, are no joke. Those pregnancy hormones can have you having a lot of vivid dreams. So that's a very, very common complaint. Like, oh my God, I woke up and I thought I was still in a dream. Well, that happens, okay? Frequent urination. We love pee. We love pee because that means that you're hydrated, okay? You really are going to the bathroom pretty much every two hours. And just because you're going to sleep doesn't mean you're not going to get up to go to the bathroom. So I anticipate you're going to get up every two hours at night to go to the bathroom. No, that doesn't mean you have undiagnosed diabetes. No, it doesn't mean that you have a bladder infection. It just means that the baby and the uterus are compressing on your bladder. Your bladder has very weak walls. You got this big old uterus carrying a six pound baby in the back of it. Well, of course, your bladder's like, what's that? Get off of me. Get off. That's why you're having frequent urination, okay? And then, of course, you're going to have increased fatigue. I mean, people wonder, what's wrong with me? I'm sleeping all the time. You're growing a whole human. Give yourself some grace. Go to sleep. Some people at the third trimester may need to take off work to get rest. That's okay because you're growing a whole tiny human, okay? And that takes work. So you are going to sleep more. And mind you, you should be sleeping about 10 to 11 hours at night anyway in pregnancy. Yeah, some of y'all are still going on pre-pregnancy mode. Oh, I'm gonna sleep six hours and get up because I got toddlers because these toddlers won't let you sleep. I can't even imagine being pregnant right now and having Harrison. Why? Because he walks into my room in the middle of the night at like three in the morning. He gets in my bed and then at six, he's like, Get up, mommy. Get up. And I'm like, I'm still I'm still sleeping. Yeah. And in pregnancy, you, you really need your sleep. So, yeah, I can understand some of you guys are still working on pre-pregnancy sleeping hours. But realistically, that's why you're so fatigued because you're not getting enough sleep. And then, of course, we have those lovely battle scars that come in the third trimester. And that's stretch marks. Mm hmm. It's all a part of life. Stretch marks because you're gaining weight because your baby is gaining weight. And then guess what happens after delivery? You're going to see even more stretch marks because that skin is trying to go back to its normal size as you lose weight. Okay, so you have more stretch marks when you lose weight than when you are in the gaining weight uh, phase. That's okay. Those babies are worth every bit of stretch mark that you're going to get. Okay, and it's just your battle scar to show that you've been through something. So don't be don't beat yourself up about the changes your body is going to go through while you're pregnant and in the postpartum course. They they're lovely battle scars. So I know that we've talked about all these moans and groans and symptoms, but remember, all of these things are normal. Okay, they're all normal. And trust me, your little one will be well worth the wait. And the wait is almost over because you're in the third trimester.
Okay, so now that you know a little bit more about body changes and what happens in the third trimester, let's go to some cases. Our first case is a 29-year-old who is 37 weeks pregnant. She has been having swelling for the past three weeks. She was seen at the hospital and told that she was dehydrated. She was given IVF and sent home. Her OBGYN has had her check her blood pressure at home, but they've all been normal. She presents for consultation for swelling. IVF in this uh, situation is IV fluids, not a whole IVF pregnancy. (laughs) So she got fluids and she was sent home, which means that you're probably dehydrated. And at 37 weeks, if you're not drinking enough water, believe it or not, people that don't drink enough water actually have more swelling. And people that drink a lot of water usually have less swelling. Okay, because your body needs fluids because your blood, your blood volume doubles in pregnancy so if it doesn't have it then you're trying to suck all this fluid in from the interstitial tissue but what happens to the interstitial tissue they say i need more fluid too so then you have more of a pool to draw the fluid back into the tissues so you need to drink more water so that the water stays actually in the vasculature and your tissues aren't starving okay so when your tissues are starving because of dehydration you will have more swelling okay that's how pregnancy works You should be drinking in pregnancy five bottles of water a day, okay? Five of those 16-ounce bottles of water, four 20-ounce bottles of water because you need 80 to 100 ounces a day of fluid. And if you don't have that, you will have more swelling. But let's say this, you're 37 weeks, you're going to have swelling, okay? Swelling in pregnancy is very, very normal. Now, what's not normal is if you have swelling in conjunction with high blood pressure, blurry vision, or um, or headache. Those are symptoms of preeclampsia. What's also not um, normal is if you have a history of ki- kidney disease. So if they check your kidney function and your kidney function is lowered, meaning your the filtration rate of your kidneys is lower, which means that your creatinine, which is a little lab test that tells us your kidney function is higher, then that means that you may have issues with your body actually clearing fluid. Okay, your kidneys aren't working to filter the trash you put into it out. So that could cause swelling. People that have heart disease, that can be uh, that can cause swelling as well. Okay, if your heart is not pumping blood readily or blood is not returning to the heart as it needs to to be pumped out then that can cause you to have swelling so those are things that we would check out in the hospital to make sure that there's nothing going on you don't have preeclampsia you don't have heart disease you don't have kidney disease once we rule those things out and all of your vitals are normal and your lab work is normal then yeah we give you fluids and we send you home tell you to put your feet up to help with some of the swelling, but know that it's very normal. Okay, so I am going to rest assured that it's probably normal because your OBGYN said it's normal and they have you checking your blood pressures at home and all of them are normal. Now, usually when you have kidney disease, your blood pressure usually is high with bad kidney disease. If you have um, heart disease, your blood pressure also is high. Now, obviously, you can also have situations where your blood pressure is really low with heart disease, but you usually have a whole bunch of other symptoms too if your heart just isn't pumping effectively and making your blood pressure extremely low. That would that would be an example of being in cardiogenic shock. You would have more than just a little bit of swelling you have. You would have shortness of breath. You would have you could possibly have chest pain, but the shortness of breath thing is really what would make us concerned uh, for heart disease. So, Seeing as how all those things, if they're normal, 
then this is likely just normal swelling as you go through the pregnancy. Now, why do we get swelling as we go through the pregnancy? Remember, the uterus is big now, okay? You're carrying a whole baby. 37 weeks is when I had Harrison. He was six pounds, two ounces. So you're carrying six pounds, two ounces worth of baby, potentially, plus the volume of the uterus, which the uterus gets 45% of your blood volume in pregnancy, plus the weight of the amniotic fluid within the uterus. So you're probably carrying about 10 extra pounds just with the uterus, maybe more than that. And so that is compressing your inferior vena cava and the vessels that are in your pelvis. So it's not allowing blood to flow back up as it would normally if it didn't have a big uterus compressing those vessels. Some of that is because of the size of the uterus in the pelvis compressing everything there. This is very normal to have swelling at 37 weeks, which is the case pearl. Swelling in pregnancy is very normal. If you have high blood pressure, a headache, or blurry vision with or without swelling, then you should always go directly to the hospital to get that checked out. Some people say, I'm going to wait till my next visit. My blood pressure, I've been taking my blood pressures at home and it's a little bit high, but I'm going to wait until next week when I have my next visit. Don't do that, okay? If your blood pressures are high, you call your OBGYN right then and there and say, hey, my blood pressures are a little bit higher than they normally are. What should I do? And if they are higher than 160 on the top or your systolic number or 110 on the bottom, either or, doesn't have to be both of them, then you go directly to the hospital. You're not waiting for a phone call back. You're going directly to the hospital and you say, hey, listen, my blood pressures are severely high. I don't know what to do. I'm this many weeks pregnant and let them make sure you don't have preeclampsia. But even if your blood pressures are just high for you, you should always call the OB. Don't wait till your next visit. Call them to see what you need to do next. All right, so what's our second case for today? Our second case is a 23-year-old who is 37 weeks pregnant with her first child. She was told that she had hemorrhoids a few weeks ago and has been using tux pads inconsistently. Now she has severe pain and can't even sit down. When looking at her hemorrhoids with a mirror, she's noticed that there's an area that looks dark red and blue. She doesn't know what to do because no one is taking her seriously. You were consulted for further recommendations. So my thing is, when in doubt, go get it checked out. You had hemorrhoids. You obviously were seen for this. They told you to use tux pads, which basically are little pads with witch hazel so they can basically soothe and calm the hemorrhoid, okay? If the hemorrhoid gets worse, that means you go back, okay? Some people say, well, I've already been seen for that and no one's taking me really seriously. It's not that no one's taking you seriously. It's that it wasn't that serious when you were seen before. And if it wasn't that serious when you were seen before, okay, but now it's more serious to me. So you need to get it checked back out again, okay? People say all the time, well, I had a headache last week. I went in, my blood pressure was fine. They gave me something for my headache and they just sent me home. So now I have a headache again and I'm just going to take Tylenol because that's what they gave me up there. Okay, but if it doesn't go away, you need to go back because these are different instances, okay? So if you are having worsening of your symptoms, you need to go back. Ma'am, you can't even sit down. Listen, even if you had a hemorrhoid, that's not that big of a deal. If you, if your symptoms are so bad that you can't sit down, which probably means you're not really having bowel movements because you're in pain, then you need to go get it checked out just to, just to make sure your pain is controlled. Okay. But with this, with this blue and red area, this is probably something like a thrombose fibroid, uh, not fibroid, excuse me. I'm thinking fibroids on the brain, a 
thrombose hemorrhoid is probably what this is, okay? And hemorrhoids can go from just being very uncomplicated hemorrhoids that you can treat with Tuxpad and perhaps reduce it, meaning push the, the hemorrhoid back up through the anal opening, or they can become worse, right? So when hemorrhoids are thrombosed, that means that there is a certain area of blood supply that's been cut off from that intestinal area. And that's why you have that blue area, which is a clot that's in there, um, that's causing you to have extreme pain. And if that happens, usually what we do is we console surgery and they do what's called clip the hemorrhoid. Basically, they just lance it and remove that clot there to make sure that uh, we have normal flow to that area of uh, the anus. And usually once that hemorrhoid is clipped, it's amazing because it instantly will relieve your pain. If you have thrombose hemorrhoids, this is a surgical emergency because you don't want that hemorrhoid to stay thrombosed and then you end up developing a, a further complication. So always, if you have hemorrhoids and they're not getting better after a couple of days of treatment with creams and tux pads, then always get it checked back out. Just because someone has told you one thing when you've gone to see them doesn't mean that things won't worsen and change. So you always have to be aware of what's going on. Is this condition getting better or is the condition getting worse? Or is it not improving? And you should always follow up with your physician or your provider to say, hey, I was seen about this last week. This has gotten a lot better with this treatment. Thank you. Or, hey, this is the same. Or, hey, this is not whatever you gave me is not working. OK, we need that kind of feedback because we don't hear from you. We assume that it's not an issue anymore. OK, now I mean that we're not taking it seriously, but we assume it's not an issue. So always follow back up and say, this is what happened when you gave me this treatment. And in this case, you report back and you say, this is worse. And I would tell you not to wait to just your next appointment or to call, but you need to go back in. If you can't sit down, you need to go back in. Okay. Cause you need relief immediately. So the case pearl for this case is a thrombosed hemorrhoid always requires surgical intervention. And if you're unsure if it's thrombosed or not, go back, get it checked out. All right, medical intern, what's our email case for the day? This one says, Dr. Plenty, I feel really clumsy this trimester. I usually do yoga, but I feel like I can't really balance my body. One day I got dizzy and fell. I went to the hospital and was given fluids and my baby was monitored. I was told nothing was wrong with me. So why am I so clumsy this trimester? I tell people all the time, I don't want you, if you work out, one, you should be on something that doesn't move. So things like a treadmill that can keep on moving when you stop. I don't want you doing that, especially in the third trimester. But honestly, I don't want you doing it pretty much after the first trimester because your equilibrium can be really off in pregnancy. Okay, pregnancy hormones can make your equilibrium off. It can make you dizzy. It can make you unbalanced. But you also have to realize your belly is bigger than your butt at this point. Okay, so you're you're front heavy. You're more likely to fall, tip over. It's going to be harder to align your body in such a way to keep your balance. It's very, very common in the third trimester for people to be clumsy. Now, what I used to hate living in Indianapolis is wintertime pregnancies. People in the third trimester during the winter months. Why? 
because people do the most. Y'all going outside, walking your little ones to the bus station. You are, you know, trying to go ice skating. You are, you know, going back and forth, getting in and out of your car in the grocery store to the grocery store. What's under you? Ice. Okay. Ice. People that aren't pregnant can't keep their balance on ice. You think that you can still do it all, even though you're front heavy. So what happens? You fall. And where do you fall? You fall on your belly. Then you have to go in the hospital and be monitored because we, we want to make sure you're not at increased risk for what's called a placental abruption, which is where the placenta separates from the inside wall of the uterus and can cause you to have a lot of bleeding and a lot of pain. And that can happen suddenly after trauma. It can happen. You know, a couple minutes after you fall and bump your belly, it can happen a couple hours after you fall and bump your belly. It can happen a couple days after you fall and bump your belly. So we have to monitor you to see, hey, is this person at risk for a, a placental abruption or not? And even when we send you home, we still tell you, hey, if you start having pain, come back. If you start having bleeding, come back. OK, that's why in the third trimester, all that extraness y'all are doing because people are trying not to gain that much weight in pregnancy. Stop it. Yoga, you're doing too much balancing for yoga. Your equilibrium is off in pregnancy. Stop it. You, you shouldn't do that. Even people that do a lot of jogging, you got to be real careful with that. You got to be careful because I don't want you to trip and fall forward. Also, when you're standing up in pregnancy, remember we talked about swelling, we talked about pooling of blood. Your vessels are super compliant, okay? Meaning they're more dilated to accommodate more blood volume. So when you stand up, you more you can you can vagal or you can get dizzy as that blood pools and you can faint. So I always tell my pregnant women, especially in the third trimester, stand up slowly, catch your balance, and then walk. Okay. You stand up too fast and try to run after your toddler, you may fall. It's not you, mama, that's clumsy in the third trimester. It's everybody that's clumsy in the third trimester. That's a real thing. And we see people all the time that have fallen. So please, please, please be careful. And if you're going to do yoga, modify so you can keep both feet on the ground. So modify your exercises so you can keep both feet on the ground. All right. So I think that's all of the questions. And I, my medical intern is shaking her head. Yes. So thanks so much for listening to the Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope you learned a little bit more about the third trimester and know that it is worth the wait and the wait is almost over. If you like what you've learned, please support by rating and commenting on the show on whatever platform you listen to and share with a friend. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. And you guys on social media, you guys have been doing a real good job of DMing me your questions. So you can contact me that way as well. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and tell your friends to follow me too at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Don't forget to subscribe and catch up on the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pros with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>
Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.